Welcome to the buds. We're back and we're going to mix things up a little bit uh, this episode. We're going to take the Leafs to school and grade the shit out of them because it's that point of the season. It's that critical point in the season where you start getting an idea of what the playoff picture is going to look like, but there's enough games left that you can change that and kind of turn it around. But we're getting a pretty good idea of where our team's at and uh, it's time to be critical as fuck. Well, we know who's making the playoffs in the East. It's just a matter of where those playoff seeds land because pretty much everyone else in the East is, is eliminated. Like, like it's not, there's not even really a competition for the wild cards. It's kind of funny. Well, that's it. Now it's just like, who's going to play who exactly. Which, which my game, the games still matter a lot. Oh yeah, a fuckload because I don't want a wild card spot. I don't want to face Carolina. How fucking disappointing would it be as a Leaf fan to go up against Freddie in the first round, the guy you like and, it and potentially be- lose? <laughs> yeah, but you could also look at it from the perspective of like you're getting first round Freddie, who we've seen is terrible. We're letting a bad goal. Yeah, but he didn't even play last year. True, but the previous years that he did, you know. Or would you rather go against the back-to-back Santa Cup champions? No, I don't want to face them either. I want to face Boston is who I want to face. Yeah, but Boston, we, but like, I don't think Boston's going to catch Tampa. Don't, I, I don't care. I just want to face them. That, if I, I mean, had to the thing, face like all four, are the, all four of us, like the Florida, Tampa, Toronto, Boston, haven't really played each other a, a bunch, or at least they haven't played us a bunch. Like we have a lot, like all of our remaining games. We have a lot of games against those three teams. A lot. And we play Boston tomorrow, right? But then we play Tampa next week and Florida again. Well, that's it. Like our, we our first Tampa, game, we just played our first game against Florida, which is wild. Yeah. Like we, have, we have one, two, three more games against Florida. No, two more games. Against, no, three. No, two. No, yeah, two. Two figured out but and and there's two more against tampa and two more against boston so we get six more games against three of the top teams in the league well we've shown we can beat all of them and we have beaten all of them this year true so time to get to work boys it's time to take because like but like the fact that we have those games means that we kind of have things in our control now if we can take those games we start to build that spread but the biggest problem has always been with the Leafs is where we are our own worst enemy. True. But that part of that is because the Leafs have the uncanny ability to play down to their opponent. Which <laughs> bothers the fuck out of me, man. But I... they also have the ability to play up to their opponent. I know. Because, like, look at the Carolina game with no Austin Matthews <laughs> in Freddie's return. And that's, that was a phenomenal game. Leafs played really, really well, right? So, like, but then we lose to the fucking Habs, who were eliminated from the playoffs. It's like, yeah, but they had no business winning that game. No business, <laughs> no business. Like a couple of bad defensive plays by by Willie, but like that's a game. Ninety percent of the time, you're going to win. Fifty-one shots on goal. Allen made an absolutely ridiculous save on Rich Martyr. Like that was one of the craziest saves of the year. Every game that I think the Leafs should win, they lose. Yeah, that's that's the Leafs in a nutshell. 
like, <laughs> that's, like, like, that's the most infuriating the, thing ever. That's pretty typical of the Leafs. Like we lose the Buffalo, we lose the Arizona, we lose the Montreal, you know, but then we beat Carolina and we, you know, beat a charging Dallas team. We beat Florida. Like we beat all the harder teams. <laughs> Although we got our butts kicked by Nashville. It was not a good game. No, it wasn't. But um, it's also play recently has been uh, really reflective of our goaltending situation because you could tell that the team had completely lost confidence in who whoever was in the net, whether it was Jack or Mrazek. Neither of them were playing well. Jack had clearly lost his confidence, and we finally see why, because he's playing hurt. Mm-hmm. And they never really had any confidence in Morassic to begin with. So, uh, and he, he didn't exactly give them any reason to because, well, the Leafs have had the worst, the worst save percentage five on five for the season in the NHL. Not for the whole year, worst since January. First. Oh, you know, you're right. You're right. Because of course, Jack- course, in 2022. Well, like, I also want to remember people, like, for people to remember, like, we all know how bad Jack has played here in January when he was playing, right? But then he still has a 265 and a 914 on the season. Yeah, because he was playing out of this world early in the season. <laughs> like that, I just hope that puts in perspective how good Jack Campbell was playing before and how many of our wins and our points in the standings were entirely because of Jack Campbell. So like, I think we, we got to remember like he is still like – can be a difference maker when it comes to the playoffs. And I, I hope that the injury getting rid of that makes it better. But what worries me is when's he going to be back Two, is he going to be coming back to a, a Jack Campbell that is like early season Jack Campbell, or are we talking 2022 Jack Campbell? Well, and guess- th- then, w- then we really figure out what, whether this was, his poor performance was due to an injury or not because then the excuse is gone true true well i know but, he's traveling with the team this week that's good and i think that's good for him because like everybody knows that jack campbell is uh a mental guy i don't know if that's the best description for it but he he, he gets in his head a lot he, yeah he, he needs to focus on the mental side of game of the game probably more than anybody uh because he takes things tart he he is the first guy to jump on the grenade or fall on the sword he's he's right there and when he when he's not playing well when team the team's losing ultimately he blames that on himself even though you know sometimes it was i wouldn't blame all of it on jack campbell like not by a long shot but he will every game he's in net for that they lose he's going to blame himself for the loss that's yeah, just Jack Campbell. That is that's true. So I what I am hopeful is Jack Campbell comes back from injury refreshed, leaves everything in the past, and has a fresh outlook. And I hope that the boys also can help inspire that mentality for him. I think one thing that's going to help with that, though, is the fact that, fingers crossed, you now have a reliable-ish Mrazic. Based in the last two games, you know, that's a big dub against Florida, best part of the team in the league. You know, that's a big win. And then the game against Jersey, he was decent. All right. 
So if he has actually turned a corner and is going to start playing, and it's not we don't we don't need him to be a Vezda goaltender. We just need them to do league average 900 plus goaltending. At just least. make some important saves. Yeah, 900, 900 plus goalie. And the last two games he's played, he's done he's done that right. So if he can continue to do that, I think that also helps calm Jack Campbell down, right? Because think about it. Part of the problem with early early in the season was that like. You were terrified to put him in the net because he was going to injure himself. And then you're terrified to put him in the net because he can't stop a beach ball. So like when those extra pressures, external pressure coming in, you know, I think that that gets to, as you said, a person who is like plays the mental side of the game a lot. You know, I think when you don't have that kind of bed to fall on, it, it messes with you because they went well, last year. Why was he so good? He always had Freddie there with him. Yeah. Well, I think what's helped this whole goaltending situation is uh, Eric Schalgren. Absolutely. I, he came out and, you know, shut out in his first NHL start. Huge. Love to see it. We're getting some uh, Joey Wall. Uh, vibes from him uh but he's a bit older as well so that's good and he has pro experience because he's played in the swedish elite league mm-hmm. and i've liked what i've seen out of him his positioning is solid and you know he didn't have uh the greatest he was in net against nashville right correct uh, so you know that wasn't the greatest game but he was overdue for a not so great game and and also like I, wouldn't blame a lot of that on him either no, uh, there was maybe and, like one goal, maybe two that like he could have had, but there was six goals against. Like, but the I think the biggest impact of Shalgren is I don't think you see Morazic winning that game against the Panthers if Shalgren never enters the picture. Hmm. I think Shalgren was the kick in the ass for Morazic that says, and the reason he got put on waivers is, dude. You can be replaced. I'm here. I'm ready to work. I've got pro experience. I can play. And you know what he does? Shogren plays the, the simple game, which is I love to see it out of a goalie. You know, rarely, I think, I don't think I ever saw Shogren come out of his net to play the puck. Maybe once. A little bit. I think he does, he does a lot of the stopping behind the net, but he just taps. Yeah, and that's it. it. That's it. Yeah. Like that. He, you don't see him really trying to make plays, which I'm fine with. If you're not comfortable doing it, don't do it. Yeah. Um, but his positional play got him a lot of saves and and made saves look a lot easier than they were. Yeah. And especially difficult saves because mm. a lot of them were coming off tips, but because he was positioned so well, he accidentally made the save. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he, positioning is so much. You're totally right. Like the just quiet in the net, you know, and, and it was such a stark contrast to Mrazek too. Well, because, it was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, because well, Mrazek couldn't find his post there for a few <laughs> a few weeks. No, uh, because Mar- Mrazek's never been that type of goalie who's like calm, cool, and collective. Um, and I think there was a little bit of panic going on in the in the goaltending aspect of the Leafs mm-hmm. because, well, Mrazek's kind of all over the place. Jack wasn't playing great, and then he gets injured, and you're like, "Oh my god, we're fucked!" <laughs> Everybody well, panic. <laughs> Well, then that makes you wonder about like when the, the Mark Andre Fleury information comes out. How do you think that makes a guy like Jack feel that, you know, you're supposed to be the guy 
and Leafs weren't just looking for a Brazic replacement, you know, for a, as a backup. They're looking at for a starter replacement in Marco De Fleury. Well, I think that's why. Well, there's a few reasons why Dubis was really pissed off mm-hmm. about that, and rightfully so. Yeah. And I think it's funny that he called them out in the media. Um, <laughs> and it's funny that they're both named Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's funny and now because we've seen the rookie GM in, in Dubis and his progression, and now he calls out a rookie, a new rookie GM for something that he's never seen in the league before or and it's true though when the hell do you hear about a trade that never happened like it's it's like seeing a unicorn it just you know it doesn't happen mainly because teams keep that shit on the down low for a lot of very good reasons number one anybody involved in that speculation you just tarnish that relationship with the club 100 percent and tarnish it very poorly. And sometimes it's tarnished to the point where you can't recover from it. And you end up, um, you know, parting ways with that player in a way uglier fashion than if that trade had gone through. Mm -hmm. And that like, that's the biggest reason for sure. The second reason is, is trust, like just trust in whoever you're dealing with, because how, how likely do you think it is that Dubas ever makes a trade with Chicago as long as that guy's GM, like, which, is it Kyle which, Davidson? Like, is yeah, that I think name? I think so. Which sucks because they're going into rebuild, and there's gonna be some juicy opportunities to pick some pick at their carcass. Yeah, either that or Dubas is gonna hold his cards like so tight to the chest that it's not even gonna be worth it. But the Leafs have been arguably one of the best teams in the league at keeping things under wraps and making sure nothing leaks. And sure. They always have, and that that was instilled by Lou, where. Nothing leaks. Nothing gets out at all. And I get why. Like, I get why. It, it is important. And that's it. Like, we hear about this flurry trade getting out, and you just mentioned it. Who do you think gets pissed off from that? Jack Campbell, because he's seeing that they're shopping for Mark Andre Flurry. Did it actually happen? No. Ultimately, the Leafs didn't end up getting a goalie at the deadline, probably because the asking price for flurry was too high. And you know, it, the deal ultimately didn't work out and the market was pretty limited beyond Flurry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I saw some people like, oh, they, they should trade for James Reimer. Why? <laughs> just, just a but Razamorazic replacement. Oh, that, I mean, Leafs Nation was calling for every like reuniting trade ever. Everybody wanted Phil to come back. <laughs> like, where are you ridiculous. putting where are you putting Phil on this team? I mean, next to John Tavares and William Elander, probably. I don't hate him there, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> and people were working this into a possible chicken trade, which I found funny that he didn't even get moved. He'll probably get moved in the offseason because it's a bigger trade. Yeah. I, I mean, it was funny. He was like at the top of everybody's trade bait list and he didn't even get moved. Pretty classic. And you know what? This is a great segue into just talking about the trade deadline because it's a pretty big topic and there are some big moves made. There are a lot of trades made at the deadline. So mm-hmm. lots to talk about here, but of course we're here to talk about the buds, the boys, <laughs> the, boys the beauties, the Maple Leafs. So uh, we got two new Leafs in town and one of them is hometown kid, Mark Giordano. Yeah. I mean, 
I was so hyped when when that trade actually came through. And the fact that we didn't have to give him a first to get him. Well, that's what scared me mm. because I first heard that the news broke that Jordano was coming to the Leafs, but I didn't hear what the, the cost was. And I'm like, oh, fuck, we just coughed up our first round pick, which was our most valuable asset at mm-hmm. this trade deadline. So if you're going to spend it, you better spend it well. And I'm not sure if Jordano was worth a first round pick because of his age. You didn't want to end up in a in a situation like last year with uh, Nick Felino. Yeah, exactly. So I see Dubas is learning from his mistakes right. <laughs> and, you know, digging in a little more in his negotiations and realizes he still can make the deal. And the fact that he got another player out of that deal as well. And, and a player that he's been wanting for a while too, apparently. Call, Colin Blackwell. Everything I've heard, I mean, I don't know how much faith I put in the, the Seattle Kraken faithful and how much they praise the guy because, well, to be fair, a lot of them are new hockey fans and can't say I hold that against them, but they, for everything I've heard out of Seattle uh, was that they love this guy, that he's a little firecracker. And I mean, we've only seen, seen him play two games, but in these two games, I can fine. see what I can see what they, he's what I love about. It, he's been finishing his checks on every play. Very true. And the Leafs need a guy like that, especially if you're playing him on the fourth line. Yeah, you need that energy, especially because like it, when the when all the vets are playing on the fourth line, you notice how slow that line is out there. So you need a younger guy like Colin Blackwell mm-hmm. to get the the older guys going. They, the the vets on that line give him the advice he needs to improve his game while he gives them the energy they need to get back up to their game. Exactly. So I like that addition. The fact that you didn't just get Gio. What, what did we lose? Like two seconds and a third? I believe so, yeah. Okay, I can live with that, right? <laughs> like that That is great. I was also expecting like an Alex Kerfoot maybe to be out the door. Well, remember what I said at the beginning of the season of like who's gonna get who's gonna get traded, and I said Dermot and Kerfa, and well, Dermot got traded. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish we got more for Dermot, but he was barely playing. Yeah, he, and I mean, it's not like he's proven that he's worth more than a third round pick. True. So yeah, it's sad to see him go because you know he's a hometown kid and. He's been homegrown some, too, like right, like, like we 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 watched him play in the Marlies, and he's been around for so long. So that that one that one stung a bit, but it, um, we didn't have space for him anymore. Simple as that. That's it. Like he had to show his worth on this team, and you know he's getting passed in his development by the likes of Sandine and Lilligren. and well, they're I've, also cheaper. That that too, and they're younger. So. And a longer contracts. <laughs> yeah. So right, you need uh, to get something for him because he's an RFA at the end of the year. I think. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And you know, speaking of uh, Sandine and Lilligren, um, I've been one of the harshest critics on Timothy Lilligren for a long time now, since he was with the Marlies. And I think I'm finally starting to see. Where where I envisioned him probably two or three years ago, mm. but maybe that was unfair of me to expect a faster development because everybody's different. But I'm starting to see it. Like I'm starting to see the development. It's there, 
and it's happening right before our eyes and it he's taken leaps and bounds this i think year. it's also easy to forget that he's a rookie which is weird right because he's been in the organization for so long but it's it's yeah. sometimes it's, well this was his first that, he played a few games last year but i know but like this is his first full for. season in the nhl right like yeah. that's like that by all intents and purposes he's he's a rookie yeah and you know he still makes rookie mistakes but I see him correcting a lot of it in uh, in the last few games, especially. And I think one of the huge reasons, and this is a great, you know, going full circle here, great that he's paired with Mark Giordano. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing I've noticed about Mark Giordano in the two games we've had him is he is just so steady. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so like, steady. <laughs> he knows what he has to do. He's been playing the game a long time. He's been in the NHL for a long time. And he is your rock back there. Like he does everything right. All the little Just, things. He he's like he's like a defensive version of John Tavares. That is a great comparison. You know what I mean? Like if John Tavares were a defenseman, he'd be Marjorie Down. Just a little thing, King. Just, just all the little things, right? And the Leafs have needed one of those on D. Oh, especially with Muzzin out, and Muzzin, yeah, and even with but Muzzin having a bad year. But like now you Muzzin. look at, but now you look at the depth uh, on the Leafs D, and it's it's impressive now. Which you need in the playoffs, yeah. Especially when we get a, we get injured, a defenseman injured in the playoffs every fucking year, it and usually, it will be it, mu- it will it will be Hopefully it's not a concussion again because like no, that, I love you back. And that's thing I love Muzz as like just as a person. I think he's a great dude. I, not like I know him personally or anything, but you know, <laughs> just watching like Leaf to Leaf and wa- watching like the Amazon Prime show, he just seems like such a great guy. Mm, very and, genuine. And it sucks to see him go through all that injury, all the injury trouble he's had his whole career, really. But it always seems to happen at the worst times. And he's been in playoffs what three years in a row. And then well, maybe maybe he got the injury out of his system before playoffs this year, so he should be good. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, right? Hopefully. Oh my goodness. But you know, I'm just uh being optimistic. So gotta say, I love what Jordan is doing for Lilligren's game. I think it only helps because Lilligren was taking strides in the right direction, but Jordano provides him with a safety net, mm. gives him the freedom because Lilligren has really good upside on the offensive end of the ice, but I feel like he's never been able to explore that in the NHL. Not so far, mainly because you shouldn't be doing that as a rookie defenseman. And I think part of it is that like throughout his development as, as a Marley, there's been so much emphasis on getting better defensively, getting better defensively, focus on your defense, focus on your defense. Right. And then now when he's getting to the NHL and starting to find his way, to now be starting to encourage, like, all right, now you can activate. You have someone there as your backup, right? Like now, and like to give that, build that confidence up now. I think that's going to be interesting to see how that like evolves as he continues to develop here and, and like gets used to the NHL game. Well, that's it. And, and Giordano gives him a little bit of leash, right? Where it's like, you can get away with going up on the rush because Giordano's going to be back. Like, of course he is. <laughs> Reliable. And, you know, he makes smart little plays. So I love that. He's not, like, I don't know what everybody's expecting. He's not Victor Hedman out there. He's not an offensive juggernaut. He's a defensive defenseman. And that's what the Leafs need. He makes smart offensive decisions. It's true. He's quarterback power plays before. Yep. 
And I'm pretty sure they have a quarterback in their second unit. Yes. Yes, that is true. But while Sandine's injured. And I saw Kiefer fucking experimenting a little bit. Our play unit, he put out 2D and he put Brody and Geo. They said that they've been doing that in the second unit because their transition back to five on five hasn't been good. That's actually a really smart way to do it. And especially when you have two guys who have run a power play together. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was talking about when Brody joined the team, that fucking one-timer clap bomb that he has, but we've seen it maybe three times in his whole Leafs tenure. If yeah, that, if that, yeah, <laughs> I know one was in playoffs last year. It was a beauty. It was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. But maybe that also gets Brody's offensive game going. And he's been quietly decent. He's got the same amount of points as David Camp. Well, that's the thing. We know what Brody does. Brody's another excellent defensive defenseman. And that's what you need. You need more than one of them. But I understand why Keith is separating them on five on five because you don't need two defensive defensemen on the same pairing. I get the point. I also feel like he's just experimenting with all the pairs. Because yeah. once you have Muzzin comes back, like everything gets jumbled again anyways. He wants to make sure everybody plays with everybody so everybody knows everybody. Speaking of trades, you know who I've really, really liked is Ilya Labushkin. Yo, the Russian bear has he, been... He low-key reminds me of, uh, of Roman Polak. Okay, so... Before he broke I, his ankle. And he's wearing the same number, too. For I know. Like, literally <laughs> reminds me of Roman Polak pre-breaking his ankle in half. Yeah, you know what... Um, <laughs> So I was lucky enough to go to the Leaf game against Dallas and I had some of the best seats I've ever had in my life. And the Labushkin absolutely rocked a guy. Like John, right on Jason Robertson. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely destroyed him. This and I got a front row seat to that. I'm like hmm? He hits so much. We, I love it. This is the guy we got Nick Ritchie for, or, or we got we got for Nick Ritchie. Did you see, Nick Ritchie has like ten goals now since he joined. joined. <laughs> he just couldn't score here. And what a useless person player. I it doesn't matter. We didn't we didn't need him. No, I'm like I I'm, I'll take Lubushkin over him every day. Of the oh yeah, week, Le- every day of the week. Like not every, unquestionably. And that's it. Labushkin, he's a gritty defenseman. And you know what? Roman Polak is the best comparison. And those are the types of guys who thrive in a playoff environment. Yeah. I also think he'll learn so much from the Leafs decor. Like from Muslim when he gets back because he plays a similar reference. And he's been playing game. with Riley too. And Riley can teach him a ton. And he'll learn a lot from Jordan as well. So like I think it's like it's gonna be interesting to see how experimental Keith gets here, right? Because like we also don't know when Muslin's going to come back. He's been skating and practicing a lot. Um, well, that's it. It was like back-to-back concussion. So, yeah, because he hasn't he hasn't started any any contact yet. I don't believe. What I really thought the Leafs were going to do is put him on LTIR and kind of Tampa Bay this shit and just bring in way more salary cap than they could afford at the I trade know. deadline. I think that's and way easier to do as a, with a forward, a, a defenseman coming into a playoff series like that. I think it's just... Well, it's also easier to do with a pending surgery than it would be for a concussion. A concussion is different for everybody. And if it's back-to-back, who, like, 
nobody knows enough about concussions to really tell you sure. what the timeline is. But he's been on the ice a lot, and he's uh, once and the, we and we also know that once they get approved for contact, the, the transition to game is usually pretty quick. It's usually a few days, you know. Yeah. Well, that's the nice thing about it being a head injury is uh, he can still skate. He mm-hmm. is isn't losing out on his fitness level. Oh, so I'm really curious to see what happens when when he comes back and how these defensive pairs line up, because like. I really liked Riley Lavushkin, but I also really like Riley with Brody. But we also know you give up Brody with Jordan. And like, what does Justin Hall is the one that sits out? Like, is Lilligren the one that sits out? Like, <laughs> who, where, like who makes like those are some tough decisions to make, and I and I like tough decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Ken, let's let's take this to school. Let oh. and we're gonna. Kian and I are going to be teachers. And by teachers, we mean just people grading shit. <laughs> um, and we're going to do... Hockey professors. <laughs> we're going to do three levels of grades to hand out for from the beginning of season till now. Uh, the first one is an overall team grade. Then we're going to do a positional grade. We're going to rank the forwards, the D, and the goaltending. And then we're going to do individual players and go through the whole ass roster and grade them and give us a, give a letter grade and an explanation as to why. And, you know, maybe we'll disagree. Maybe we'll get into it. Let's see. <laughs> so Kian. Yes, sir. Tro- Toronto Maple Leafs as a whole, what would you grade them? A B. Why? Uh, they're still in the battle for home ice in playoffs. Um, you know, they've, they've been pretty solid throughout the year. Generally, there has been some elongated bad stretches, right? And so like part, and part of those, we have very specific reasons for them, right? Ones that we think will get fixed as we move forward here with like such as goaltending. And so if you think about where they're still sitting right now, you know, like right now they're 65 games, so they got what 12 games left. My math is bad. 18 games left, and they're only one point back of Tampa and seven points back of Florida for the lead division lead. So everything is still attainable, and we're playing all those teams, so everything's still within their hands. So I think they have the potential to push it to maybe a B plus, A minus. I don't think they have any chance of getting to an A plus unless they like won the division by a lot. Um, but that would be. I have them in about a B. Solid. I'm. I'm on the fence about my grading. I'm going to be a little more harsh than you. Um, I'm on the fence between a C plus and a B minus, but I think I'm going to go with a C plus. For the eighth place team in the league. Yes, mainly because of expectations and because of the talent on this team. And I think what it really boils down to for me is the amount of points this team has just given up to teams that have no business winning against us. And it's happened so many times this year and i've seen i feel like on the defensive side of the game we've also kind of taken a step back i wasn't worried about the defense last year i thought we were played exceptionally well defensively last year and i've kind of seen that kind of go in the wrong direction this year in a lot of different games but i'm hopeful that the d changes help fix that um and you know what i 
I'm that's it. I'm teetering on the fence between B minus and uh, there's still enough time for them to I'd say get to a B plus. Fair enough. I think that's if a win, large. If they, I think the only way they get into the A category is if they win the division, and I, I, I think that's a long shot. I don't think Florida's slowing down unless they you know lose to us three more times. That would help. but we'll see and hey i'm gonna be a harsh critic in in all of this so i'm gonna give him a c plus for now teeter and b minus fair enough all right let's move on to the forward group Mm do you want me to start this one off yes i would like that i'm gonna give the forwards an a minus a minus and well we've we've had one of the best lines in hockey on the top line arguably the best yeah yeah um i think the only i think that the only thing that's stopping them from being an a plus is the second line like they just haven't been performing to their potential and if they were they'd be an a plus i would say second and fourth line yeah i mean fourth line's kind of been a carousel all year so it's hard to really pinpoint who's to blame there and i think that might be contributing to it a little bit as well for them to find some chemistry because you have guys who are sometimes playing sometimes not um but i say overall a minus it's like they're extremely good but and first one... first place power play yeah and you know there's, there's been so many good things and i mean you got maddie who's definitely gonna hit 50 goals at least this year He's at 48 for like you think he's not going to score two more goals, <laughs> and like the, the the 48 is the highest goal total we've had since Andrew Chuck scored 50 in like 94. It's crazy. This is like the most goals you've ever seen in your entire lifetime. I know I'm excited about it. So <laughs> that's why A minus for, for the forward group as a whole. Fair. I'm gonna be a little bit harsher. I'm probably going to go B plus. Okay. And I think part of that is that the, there's been long, long periods of time where we are a one line hockey team where like we've had a few games where if we didn't have the, one of the best lines in hockey, we'd lose that game outright without question. And we're supposed to have two first lines we can throw at people. And right now we have a first line and a third and like three third lines. <laughs> and that ain't but, but our third line has been money yeah really solid love it love it but with, the, with how the second line and the fourth line have performed um yeah no i think generally that's gave b plus b plus they've been the the one of the shining brights of lights of the team but still a b plus all right moving on to the d you want to start this one, or shall I? You want, you want to let's just keep. Let's just keep the order. But you don't want to go first, do you? I, I'll go. <laughs> go for it. Um, they get a C. D gets a C. <laughs> <laughs> the D gets the C. Yeah, mainly because, well, injuries have been a part of it. But even when like Muzzin was playing, he was not playing well. Hall has also not had a very good season. He's starting to come around a little bit, but you know, I'm still not playing to what we expect from him. Um, 
Riley has been good, but there have been a few games where you're like, what the fuck's going on? Brody, same idea, actually. I've I've seen some bonehead plays from Brody, and that's pretty rare. Um, <laughs> so that, that's no good. Um, Sandy and Lilligrand, hard to be too critical about them. They're put in a tough spot as, as young kids and young players coming into this league. But I, I think overall they've done pretty well if yep. I'm looking at their, their full body of work. Absolutely. Um, so I can't be too critical about them. And then I'm not going to go and – I'm not really including Giordano in this because he's played two games for the Leafs. <laughs> Lilligren actually has more points than Sandine in four less games. I didn't there know There you that. go. Told you he's been impressive, man. I, I, I've seen the biggest step in his development this year. And it's it's been very noticeable. I also called Sandy and Lilligren both playing on this team all year last year. Yeah, except once Muzz comes back, they're gonna be fucking extras. That's also assuming that Justin Hall's not sitting in the press box. That's true. He's it's, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what to expect out of Justin Hall anymore. And I don't like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think Sarah C is a C is a very fair uh, assessment of the defense. Because to your point, there while there's definitely been high points for the defense, every single defenseman has had a very much a low point. Yeah. And a noticeable one at that, where like it cost us games, low points. So yeah, I think a C is a is a very fair assessment of, of the D as a whole of the season. All right, you're up, bud. So the goaltenders? Uh you didn't do D. I just said, I said a C is a fair assessment. Uh, I like, agree. You're, you're echoing mine? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I 100% agree. I think that's a very fair assessment. I think All that's right, that's it. On. It's determined. They don't get any average. They are a C. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the goalies, I'm going to be way more harsh with the goalies. D plus. And the only reason that's a plus is because Jack Campbell was phenomenal at the beginning of the year. But at that same time, Morassic dragged him down. Uh, and then when Campbell fell off, that was it. 18 wheeler off a cliff. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's been okay recently. Like it's been manageable, but there were three, almost three full months there where we couldn't get a fucking save to save our lives where I would rather an e-bug in there because they make the same amount of saves. <laughs> so yeah. I and I, you know I and I I was the first one <laughs> to call this <laughs> like the moment Morazic was signed like this isn't gonna work. <laughs> I mean, it worked last night, so we can hope that he'll. Yeah, I I meant for the, for a season. That I was like, this isn't gonna work. Yeah, and I've been proven right, unfortunately, but it happened. I'm going to give them a C, and. My reason why is because both Joseph Ball and Eric Schalgren had good performances while they were here. Both of them gave us a few wins. Well, Joseph Ball had to give us three wins. Schalgren has got two so far. Um, both of them have sub 3.0 goals against average, 2.76 for Joseph Ball, 2.49 for Schalgren. Both have overnight 900 save percentages, 911 for Joseph Ball, 917 for Schalgren. Like they had really solid showings. And then Jack, while yes, tailed off until he got injured, still is 24, 9, and 4. So let's not forget how unreal he was 
for the first half of the season. And the reason is literally the reason why we're in this, where we are in the standings. And they still got a 265, 914. So to that, I think while yes, Razak absolutely has been a fucking anchor, a literal anchor tied to the fucking Titanic. Well, that's it. That, for me, that's what's dragging um, the entire and, and like and the and the fact that Hutchison played a couple of games this year as well is not, is not helping the fact. <laughs> and those were really bad numbers too. <laughs> you know, I I think we've ripped Hutch enough on this show. So. <laughs> well, I won't go there. But like, while yes, you have some anchors, I think there was enough promise shown by the two kids and Jack's first half that gives it at least a C. Yeah, well, I ain't grading promises here. <laughs> anyway, shall we move on to the next one? Arguably the most interesting grading. We going to go through the entire Leafs roster. I thought you were going to say coaches. Oh, no. What, Should we? What, maybe after players. Players matter more. <laughs> I mean, if you look at coaching, we're third place in the Atlantic. We have first place power play. We have fifth place penalty kill. The coaches have pretty much done their job. Coaching's been pretty good this year. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I would probably give Sheldon Keefe and Co. probably an A, to be honest. Yeah. The only A at hand. He out. addressed the special teams mm-hmm. in both on both sides. They've both been exceptional, mm-hmm. um, which was uh, our biggest problem. I don't ever remember a time where at least had a top five PK and power play. So I, I'm, nope. giving, I'm giving an A to the coaches. I got no issues with the coaching. I'll, I'll I'll echo the A. Now we can but, get into the individuals. All right, so we're gonna go off the current roster. So you know some of these will be an extremely small sample size, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll start that off with. The well, guy we also the- give well, we also give grades to those who are not here. Um, no fish of waste time. Well, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, well, and you know, I don't know if we have enough time to cover the extras so we'll start with just who's on the roster as of today cool march 28 2022 sounds good and funny enough the top of the list here for me is colin blackwell <laughs> how do you have yours ordered right now what's your filter um just the stock i don't have it filtered i just have it stock roster off uh tsn oh sure i'm looking at their point the point list okay colin blackwell let's do it uh Colin Blackwell, I think he gets an A for me. I mean, it's two games. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a little that's a little fucking generous for a guy who hasn't done anything. He literally, I think he's played like nine minutes total in those two games. I know he's playing on the fourth line. So what do you really expect from him? Yeah, but like an A would be a goal, at least a point or something. Like, you know, come on. Like how low you think you're gonna buy partially. <laughs> and you're giving an A to a fourth liner. <laughs> a minus? Like I'm just yeah, I'm basing it on how they do their job. I'd say he was a B. He's average. He hasn't done anything spectacular. He's been there for two games, very middle of the pack. Like he's been a fourth liner. <laughs> you know, like uh, yeah, I'm giving him an A just be a minus just because you know, Buddy finishes his checks and that's rare. I, I, I think that's generous, but okay. Who's next? TJ Brody. Sears is an alphabetical order. Okay. Yes. All right. So Broads. TJ Broads. The bro. The bro man on the defense. 
What's his grade there, Dara? B minus. I th- I expect more from Brody, and you know we we've, we've sung his praise since he got here. True. And mainly because he's a solid defenseman, he's and he's very good at defense. But there's been a few times where you're kind of like, the fuck are you thinking there, Broads? <laughs> so yeah, you know. He's left me wanting a little more this year. Um, so, yeah, B minus. I think I, I'm going to echo that. Because I, 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 to all your points, 100%. I like, like, the other part of it is that, like, he makes some of these, like, absolutely insane passes sometimes. And sometimes I'm thinking, like, where is that more often? I feel like we see it like once every like 15, 20 games. And it's like, dude, could you just do that once in a while and more often? Your point totals would be twice as much. No, exactly. Well, that's it. He's left you wanting more this year. Yeah. And he's, he's been with the team long enough that chemistry shouldn't be an issue. And, you know, figuring out the system shouldn't be an issue. So, you know, it's, it's time to not up or shut up, man. Michael Bunting's next, right? Yeah, he is. (laughs) And he gets an A-plus in my book, man. Yeah. Like, he is an A-plus easily. Yeah. Arguably one of the, like, the easiest A-plus locks on this team. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like what more can you expect from the guy? 20 goals, 50 points, plus 22. Like, Hits everything that moves, gets draws, under people's draws skins. 37 penalties. Yeah. Draws like, all the penalties. I mean, not, like you could not dream of more from a guy who's getting paid what, like nine hundred thousand dollars? If that on a two-year deal. Love to see it. A plus easily. Easily. Yeah, the, the kid from Scarborough gets the A plus. Absolutely. I and I and remember how I said when we were making our lines at the beginning of the year, I was like, I don't think he's going to be a fourth liner. I was like, I think he's going to work his way up the lineup. And he ended up doing it. And uh, he's got a pretty good fit up there with the boys. Absolutely. Boys. And now he's a lock on that first line. With he's Matt just a, he's a more, he's a new and improved Hyman. <laughs> at a much cheaper. Right. Much. And, younger and he too. can finish. And he's way younger. <laughs> he can finish. That's the biggest thing. Like, mm-hmm. That was my biggest problem with Hyman. Is like the guy would have a million chances because he was playing with those two, but he could never finish. Or like rarely. Like, come on, man. I mean, I'm with you that 100. Um, next in the list, I have Pierre Engvall. Oh, the gazelle himself, eh? Yeah. Um, can I go first on this one? Yeah. So, like. If you were asking me on early season, Engvall, he'd be a D plus. If you're talking about the last 20 games, he'd probably be a B. And so he's somewhere in the middle there. So I feel like he's probably a hard C. I'm going to give him a B. Hmm. Because... This guy's been through the ringer, man. <laughs> He's been in and out of the lineup for so long, but I think we're starting to see the confidence emerge for Pierre Engvall, and I think that was evident in uh, the game against, was it Florida, where he got the shorty? 
Who's that Jer- against? Jersey. Jersey. Jer- yeah. Holy fuck, man. That was that was a great goal. That was an elite level goal. Like that. Well, this is what I'm saying. Is like if it reminds me in the last 20 games, I'd absolutely give him a B, right? But it, like he's played 61 games and his first his first 50, 30 were brutal. He still got 23 points, though. He's still doing fucking decent. I mean, for third line minutes, like, yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> he's yeah. putting up, he's putting up points. You know, he, he's moving away from some of the bad plays or bad habits he's had. He, he hasn't been taking as many dumb penalties lately, which is really nice. He's evolving as a player, and I'm recognizing that and I'm rewarding that with a B. Fair. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, yeah. Fair. He's turned into a nice piece, which is great because he's huge. He's six five. He's, <laughs> he's a giant. All right, another kind of arbitrary one. Mark Giordano. Uh, I would give him an A. Oh, so Blackwell's not can't get an A, but Giordano. No, because Giordano's actually been very noticeable and very reliable <laughs> and very solid. Yeah. I was just with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but Jordano's been great. He's kind of been exactly what, what uh, Lilligren has needed. So, uh, Well, he's eating minutes, right? And that, that's Yeah, huge, it's so. what we need, especially with Maza. We definitely need a mid-muncher. Yeah, I'd echo you. I'd give him a day as well. It's the only one that makes sense. Yeah, but we won't spend too much time because he's only played two games. Mm-hmm. All right, next on the list, Justin Hall. Ooh, <laughs> Justin, Justin, Justin. I know what I'm giving him. Do you want me to go first or you want to? Yeah, you go first. You go first. D. The D man is getting a D. Yeah. It's just not been good. Yeah, D is probably spot on. I was literally considering a D minus, but I think a D is. The only reason I go for D is because recently he's been getting better. I had the exact same thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I agreed with you. I was like, yeah, D is fair. Because he was so bad early on. Oh, he would have been an F if we... Like, like him and Muzzin both were, were, were so bad early on. Oh, man. And Jack just standing on his head, saving their lives constantly. My like God. I feel like their stats would be a lot worse if Jack wasn't standing on his head for the first half of the season. All right, next on the list, Eric Shalgren. You want to lead this one off? Yeah, B plus. Okay, I was close, but um, B plus. Uh, we've talked to yeah, we've about, talked to we talked to him a decent amount, but yeah, yeah. B plus. I I'm gonna go with the name minus. I mean, I think this guy's giving you plenty of chances to win, and you know he's new to the NHL as well, so you got to factor that in as well, and. He's got solid numbers and he's looked good in there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. He's been decent. All right, David Camp. Ooh, an A for me, actually. I I, I was gonna say an A as well. Like His great defensive PK. game. Yeah, his like, defensive game is elite. Yeah, and then like contribute shorthanded sometimes too. No, oh, two shorthanded goals this year. That's it. You never really notice him on the ice, but that's because he's. You, you never notice him until he's like clearing the puck out of the out of the corner when your defense the defenseman struggling. You're like, oh, 
Thanks, David. <laughs> he, he is the epitome of the centerman being the third defenseman. Yeah, he's a release valve for the for the for our defense, and it's fantastic. Absolutely. I just hope everyone on our forward group learns from David Camp. All right, and his buddy is up next, Andre Kasha. Um, I'm gonna give him a B minus. I, you know, I think I think he's had a really good season. Injuries are tough, though. Uh, we always knew that was a problem, kind of going into it. Um, and there have been a few games where he kind of leaves you wanting a little more. But I think overall, he's been pretty solid. He's got 27 points in the year. You know, he's playing third line minutes, and he he tries really hard and you know he's always getting into the gritty areas and hey maybe that's why he's got so many injury problems but i'm really worried about his future after his re- most recent injury um yeah, that was scary has, since he has a history of concussions as well and he's so young he's like he's younger than i am so is it what, a c plus you said b minus b minus b minus yeah, I, I'm like fluttering between a C plus and B minus because I really liked his defensive game. I like the amount of goals he has, but like I also have found sometimes when he's not scoring, he's just kind of invisible. You don't notice him at all. He just kind of blends into the mob that is that third line. Well, he's also very good on the defensive side of the puck as well. Yeah, and that's kind of why, like, I want. I'm like thinking about putting, pushing him up to the B. But right? but as a winger, he doesn't have the same responsibilities as a center. Exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put him down at a at a C plus. And my my reasoning for the knock is that he's been getting power play two minutes all season and only has four power play goals. Fair enough. Uh, this next one's interesting. Um, Alex Kerfoot. I have him as an A, like teetering an A plus. This guy's been exceptional. He's got 45 points on the year, which is impressive for third line minutes, my man. <laughs> and, you know, he's just a fucking Swiss Army knife. He can do it all. He, he can play wherever the hell you need him. He's a coach's dream. And like he can play. He works hard. He can skate. He can shoot. He can finish. Like, he plays well on defensive end. He, like he's good at uh, taking the puck away, and he's got the points to show it as well. So now the real I'll question be- is: Would you rather Jared McCann or Alex Kerfoot? Alex Kerfoot every day of the fucking week. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that was a debate. I don't. I, I I agree. I mean, I really like Kerfoot's game. Um, I think like the his emergence on the PK has been a really nice thing, and. It's part of the reason why the league, he's part of the big reason why the Leafs are so dangerous on the PK as well, which I think is just such a huge impact of why our, our penalty killing is so much better. Is because like and it reminds me so much of back in the day when Sundin and McGillney were penalty killing, right? Part of the reason why the Leafs are good at PK back then is that you were scared you were going to get scored on because as soon as you turn the puck over to Sundin, he's passing over to McGillney, he's going to go with snipe. So like, I, the fact that we now have that threat. But Mikheyev is the new McGilney. Which is hilarious. Actually, he's more like <laughs> he's, he's actually more of a Bearsin. 
Then I'm, then I'm McGillney. He doesn't really have the McGillney finish. He's got on. the speed, though, man. <laughs> yeah, he's but he's not, not going to score 76 goals in a season. <laughs> Don't forget Fair how good enough. Alex McGillney was. <laughs> it was ridiculous before he got to Toronto. <laughs> All right, who's next up? Timothy Lilligren. Ooh, rookie. Do you, do you want to lead this off or do you want me to? Yeah, yeah I'll take it. A, a, a minus. Because he's a rookie, so he gets a lot more leeway than all the other defensemen on this list. He has proven my gut right about him. And Dubas is for that matter. And he's started to really mature as a player. And I've really enjoyed watching that maturity. And even just throughout this year alone, like from his first game of this year to now, you've seen a huge amount of growth in his ability to play at the NHL level. And I think that's only going to continue to get better. Um, and so from a rookie perspective, I think an A- minus is a, a fair assessment of, my, of where Tilly, Mr. Lilligren has been. Well, you know, I was, I'm close. I have him as a B+. Plus. Yeah, fair. I, oh, that's, I was teetering. I'm also teetering. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, and I said this earlier in the episode, I love how he's developed. I'm starting to see it. Um, but I didn't see it earlier in the season. I, like the first few months, I really didn't. Um, so it's it's been a recent development for me. And um, I think that's what's dragging him down. But I do think he has the potential to get to an A, even an A plot. No, not an A plus. I think he can get to an A. Uh, by the end of the season, if he keeps on that same trajectory, mm. totally fair. Totally fair. Who's next? Ilya Labushkin, the Russian bear. Huh. B plus. Oh, you read my mind, man. B plus. Because <laughs> I, 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 he's had some flubs once in a while, but like generally, plays really hard cares about the game and he hits everything and we've needed someone on the defense who hits everything and i i really like throwing polak before he forgot how to skate so i it, i like that we have a new roman polak in the bush game. as we know that that man is going to be blocking shots in the playoffs he's going to be taking bullets and, and making and taking the making the big well, plays let me put it this way um then i'm going to echo your grade as well um he has 54 hits in 16 games with the Maple Leafs. Love it. I love that so much. It's like <laughs> my fa- it's like my favorite stat you've told me in this episode. That's so many. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh my god. What is that? Like three three hits a game at least. Yeah. I might need to pick him up in the pool <laughs> just for the hits. <laughs> just for the hits, because he's not going to do anything else. For <laughs> Nothing else. Just for the hits. You're only trying to win one category. <laughs> All right, we're about halfway through the group here. We got a big name coming up next, Mr. Mitch Marner. Mitchell Marners. I mean, I think you can't give him anything but an A+. Plus. Um, 74 I, points in 56 games, 27 goals. He's got two short-handed goals. He's got eight, five power play goals, five, five getting winning goals. Like... Plus 17, he's been leading the league in points since since he came back from COVID protocol. Like he's doing everything you need out of your top line winger. Yes, 
but he had a very slow start of the season. And I think a little bit of recency bias is playing its part there for you. Um, he had he a very, had a 12 very... game point streak. I know. And that's why he's an A. <laughs> All right. He doesn't get the plus for me because he had a slow start. You have to, you got no slow start. You're A plus. I mean, so you're not going to give Matthews a, a, an A plus? He had a slow start. He was also injured. Yeah, but he had a slow start when he came back from injury. Yeah, but you know what? He's covered the ground, which is insane. So has, so has Marner. Marner's played four less games, right? And has, has 74 points. He's plus 17. Everyone who plays with Marner scores a goal. Literally, John Tavares got two free goals yesterday because, because of Mitch Marner. Right? Uh, one, he, one, he worked his ass off for in front of the net. Sure, it was a nice, nice angle. It's like the other, the other one I will give to Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> primary assists. I think, like, if you look at he is, like, I think he's leading the league or closely in the league in primary assists on the year two. So give, give well, the kids some credit. Next up, it's the one. The Rocket Richard, Rocket Richard winner? The reigning Rocket Richard winner. The Austin defending and, re- and repeat back-to-back Rocket Richard winner is Austin Matthews. I mean, fuck, he's got 48 goals and 83 points. So he's guaranteed to play the game if he were to be playing the full season, which he's not. Which is, makes it even more impressive. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he had injury problems and a suspension, and he's still over a point per game and end full season is insane. The guy's insane. <laughs> like, he's shooting at 17% on the season. 17%. The next close on the team is Marner at 15%. Seven, 17 and a half, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, six game winning goals, 13 power play goals. Like, I still really wish he played some PK time. Fifty-seven yeah. percent on the fucking face-offs. Fifty-seven percent. Guy's insane. I think that's an underrated thing we didn't really mention about like her uh, for uh, what's his face, David Camp. Face-off percentage fifty-three percent. Well, what's the Leafs to- like total uh, face-off percentage? Because I feel like they're all all of our centermen are really good at face-offs. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're first place in the league. John uh, Matthews fifty seven, Tavares sixty one, Marner forty, Wielander fifty, Bunting thirty three, Tavares sixty one, David Camp fifty three, Spezza fifty three, and yeah, those are basically all the centers. Holy shit, JT sixty one point one as his faceoffs. He is won six hundred and sixty one to lost losing four hundred and twenty. So Matthews has three more losses, but almost 100 less wins. All right, Keen, we're on to Ilya Mikheyev. Ooh, recency bias. Recency mm. bias, but uh, A minus. I'm going B plus. 14 goals in 36 games after coming off of a pretty gruesome injury. And he started to actually – he actually started to – yeah, I mean, he's only played 36 games this season. He's got 14 yes. goals in 36 games. That's yeah, pretty impressive. <laughs> Think about that for a second. 
That's like a 35 goal pace. <laughs> yeah, fine. I'll, I'll bump him up to the A minus. Fuck it. And his shorthanded play has been a yeah, like he's, he's got three shorties. Uh, like, you know, he's been on that amazing checking line, checking third line, and has even moved up into that second line role when needed and performed admirably. I think he's just like continuing to grow. And like, if he continues to be able to finish like this on his breakaways, oh my God. Like nobody ever wanted to take a penalty against the, uh, or well, give the least a, pen- a penalty because we're just going to score on the PK. You know who's next? Who's next? Peter Mrazek. Let me get. Let me do the honors here. <laughs> D minus. I won't say a failure yet because he's still here, <laughs> and he's still twelve and six. Uh, Some brutal numbers, though. Yeah, fucking brutal. brutal. D minus is totally on point. No complaints. Yeah. Three thirty one, eight ninety. I don't care about your twelve and six record, bro. (laughs) Exactly. You have a good team in front of you. That's why you have that record. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, we won't bash him anymore. And actually, one of his loss, one of his losses, was given to Shogren because the Leafs came back in the game that he fucked up. Numbers don't tell you the full story. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Next up, William Nylander. Bill. He's another one that's like first half of the season would be better than the second half. Yeah. I'm I'm giving him a B minus. Yeah. I I yeah. like he hasn't had a bad year offensively, but it's like I expect better and his defensive errors have become more and more glaring. I mean, he's kind of turned into Phil Kessel. 30-goal scorer, minus 14. Perimeter player on the power play. Like, I I don't like that minus 14. I don't either, especially in fantasy, man. (laughs) (laughs) It hurts. And for someone who has as good of a shot as he does, for for him to only be shooting at 11% is... And I expect better there too. I feel like right. he's been ten. He's with tentative to use his shots at some at times, way more than he should be. But the guy has good a shot as he has. I would agree. All right, Morgan Riley. A. I'm going to give him a B plus because he's, he's fifth. He's like he's like fifth in the league in scoring for defensemen. Yes, he's got 52 points, which is impressive. But he's a defenseman. And he's had a few games this year that you're like, what the fuck are you doing, Mo? Still plus five, plus eight. More good than bad, that's for sure. But I think I've seen more bad out of him this year than I've seen in previous years. And I said, Second on the team in assists? I know. I have him in fantasy, too. Like I, know, <laughs> I, I, I know how well of a season he's had. He is more. But, he has the same amount of assists as Kerfoot has points. And we gave Kerfoot an A. They have very, very different roles. That's first line and third line, Kian. <laughs> Still. Look at the minutes this guy plays. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Averaging 20, oh, basically 24 minutes a night. Much, yeah. Well, he's the he's the horse. No, that's it. Wayne Simmons. <laughs> C. Ooh. 
Interesting. Explain He's not yourself. Had very good. He hasn't had a very good year. He hasn't been producing offensively at all. Um, I think he hasn't been very gritty much this year. And sure, he's you know dropped the Mets a few times, but I think he, I know, I know, the Wayne train can bring more. Oh, I was not arguing for him to be higher. I was surprised he went as high as a C. He's a D for me. Well, maybe it's the optimism that I. Like he's played 60 games, I, he's minus five, he only have 14 points, only four goals. You know, like for for someone who's supposed to be our like heartbeat up front and be throwing like he's like I feel like he's never hitting and getting into rough and tumbles anymore. And like I'd rather him be throwing more hits rough than rough and tumbles. I'd much I'd much prefer that he be throwing more hits than getting in more fights. And that's not the case, unfortunately. Like he I feel like he's hit he's fought more people than he's hit this season. Fair so, enough. He's a D on my list, unfortunately. Love the guy. Jason, Jason Spezza. C. I'm going to give him a B minus. You know, he's a fourth line guy. He's not playing very much, but he's still got 20 points. Hey, 10 goals, 10 assists. Does what he can, what he can. And, you know, the fact that he's still playing is just a fucking miracle. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, Mr. Johnny Tavares. He's last? Yep. Oh, we're not doing injured players? Okay, cool. Uh, all right. No, John. we're not doing injured players. All right. But that means we're not going to get to Muzzy or Campbell. We both have big chunk contributing factors to this team. I will do injured players as well. Uh, John Tavares will get a B. Minus. Why? I mean, he's been almost a point a game, you know, 61 points in 64 games, but the long, long goal drought, and then the fact that him and Willie haven't really been clicking and their line has been getting filled in on occasion, unfortunately, it's just hasn't really been the guy that's getting paid $11 million. And frankly, the guy that should be leading our team. And a lot of times it feels that Matthews and Martyr, while, yeah, they are the best players in the team, they're taking the full brunt of the leadership load as well. And I think there's a lot of times where John Tavares needs to step up in a game like he did last night, but he needs to do that more often. He needs to step up and, and win it for the boys because this is his team and he's the leader and needs to be showing that way. And so, like, while, yeah, 61 points in 64 games is fantastic, actually. I mean, almost a point of game is solid. They're just, uh, I don't know. He's, he's has left me wanting more for long periods of the season. So, I'm going to go B- minus for Mr. John Tavares. Yeah, I would agree, and I think I'm going to be a little more harsh. I'm going to give him a C. For a guy who's three points off of being a point of game? Yes. He's paying paid eleven million dollars a year again. Yeah, you expect him to be at the very least a point per game player. But I think what bothers me more for JT is how. Well, I guess echoing what you said about him not really producing much alongside William Nylander, and I think he's the type of guy who needs to drive his own line. So I think the struggles of William Nylander also weigh on him. Yeah, Willie has more goals than he does. Well. You know, that's also part of it, right? Where right now, 
neither of them are playing particularly well. Um, that whole line kind of needs a kick in the ass. And I think he's got to be the guy to initiate that. And I think, yeah, he's taken some great steps last night. And hopefully he can improve more. But I think overall, he's just been okay, you know. Yeah, for who for who he is, for who he is, he's been just okay. Absolutely. How do we want to get into any of the people who played a little bit, like Kyle Clifford or Nick Robertson no. or Alex Steves or Joey Anderson or anything like that? Uh, Kyle Seedy. Clifford sucked. Maybe brutal. I can't believe he's played fifteen games. F. If I'm handing one out, it's going to Kyle Clifford. Yeah, agreed. How about Nick Robertson's nine games? I'll give him a B plus. I thought he was pretty decent. He made some things happen. I was in a C plus actually. I thought he needed to get something on the board and didn't. All right, last two. Muzzy and Campbell. Muzzy's a fucking D. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> in grade and position. Yes. Uh Muzzy's the D is a D. Yeah, 100 percent Like he was. He was honestly, this was his worst season as a leaf to this point. I mean, minus eight, 12 points in 40 games, like wasn't really hitting very much, was making really, really poor decisions. And actually, a lot of times was actually making Hall look even worse than he was, and he was already looking bad, which was yeah. like astounding that you can make him look even worse. So um, yeah, no, D is a very fair assessment for Mr. Muzz. And for all-star Jack Campbell. Can you give him a B? Like he, he he was a plus until January, and then he was like a D after that. So yep, B is totally fair because he still got the solo record. He could still turn it around and get back to an A. I I feel if he yeah. came back and and you know was really it solid, depends when he comes back though, right? Like let's say he plays five games more, and he's solid yeah. in all five. They better be some spectacular games. If if he's only playing five. Well, we only have so many games left. I mean, literally, I think there's like 18 games left in the season. Yeah, I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> so there's only so many games he's going to be able to play. And I know he's traveling, but he's probably still a week away, which then gives him a chance to go in the last 12 games, get five games in maybe, hopefully more, maybe seven. Yeah, as long as his playoff grade is an A. Yeah, that's what matters the most. <laughs> that's what matters the most. Indeed. Do we want to give Kyle Dubas a grade for the season? Sure. You you lead though. Similar to the coaching staff, I actually would give him an A. If you look about some of his signings, Kant, fantastic. Kasha, solid. Bunting, incredible. Richie, awful, but turned it into a positive in Lubushkin. Mrazek, bad, but then traded for Giordano and Blackwell. I think generally. Didn't have to give up a first round pick either. You've been solid. I would give it an A for Mr. Kyle Dubas. I'm going to give him a B plus because I don't think that Giordano and Blackwell make up for the Morassic. It just, they're different positions. It just doesn't, doesn't compute. And I've been upset with how the whole goaltending situation was handled from the offseason. Like, I'm yeah, not fair. shy about that. And it has poked its ugly face out several times this season. So can't say he's he's in the A category for that reason, because that's a huge, huge part of the team. Fair enough. Fair enough. So then we're on to our fantasy sleepers. 
How'd you do last week? Because I got my ass kicked. <laughs> last week I won, but not by much. I won seven five. And who was your top performer last week? Oh, my top performer last week was the newly acquired Philip Forsberg with seven points. Four goals, three assists, four power play points, 13 shots and goal, four hits, and five blocks. That's and bad. The guy I traded him for I traded for him is not even playing anymore. Win. <laughs> there, you there you go. I mean, my standout from last week was uh I mean there's two guys who really stood out, but one was ahead of the other, and that's Matthew Kachuk. Three goals, five assists for eight points. Calgary just manages to score like crazy amounts of goals. Yeah. Plus five, two power play, 12 shots on goal, four hits. But you know who else contributed a lot? Mr. Nazem Kadri. Naughty Nazim. Seven points. And you know what? Those guys have been solid. I don't really have a sleeper. I mean, I guess Naz was it, but. Well, my sleeper of the season anymore. would be Michael Bunting. 50 points. Mine would be Nazem Kadri, like for sure. I, picked, I drafted him. I drafted Bunting as well. Last pick of the draft. Well, my last pick of the draft, at least. 50 points. Not so bad for a last pick. Fucking decent, eh? Not so fucking bad. And you're currently losing 8-4, but... Uh, you got a big old W from Mr. Huso against Vancouver. 35 saves, only one goal against. It's not ideal for me. I was really hoping he would have got the shut out. But... I was really <laughs> hoping that he was going to get shelled. So, I mean, that's solid it. numbers from Huso. <laughs> God damn it. So, buds are duds to the season for this to this point? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Um, yeah. I'll do dud. My dud is Peter Morasic. I mean, that was that was just a scapegoat. Easy, easy to fruit. <laughs> the lowest hanging fruit was basically <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> and we've ripped him. Plenty, enough. plenty. Yeah, I uh, dud is Justin Hall. Fair enough. We've also ripped him, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, but. It's got to be Maddie, man. <laughs> he's pretty ridiculous. He's making history, like Leafs history. He's pretty ridiculous. Well, and I, and I can't pick Maddie because you pick Maddie. <laughs> so I guess I got to pick Bitchy. I thought you were going to say Bunting. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. I changed my point. Uh, yeah. Bunting gets the bud of the season because he's, he's, the, he's the engine that makes that line go. Is he's Thomas the Tank Engine. He's like, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And he brings the rest of them with them. He brings them in the it, battle. He's, it's the two unanimous A pluses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually. Yeah. True. Interesting. Well, it's been a crazy season so far. We're in the stretch run officially. And uh, playoffs are right around the corner. It's crazy to think about. And you know what happens in the playoffs. What does happen in playoffs? Uh, a bides episode for every playoff game. You're right. That is a thing that happens. 
gonna be a lot. Hopefully, it will be a lot of episodes. Yeah, let's fact, hope. Hopefully, it'll be at least what twenty-one. No, I thought it was sixteen. You're right. I was thinking seven times three. I don't know. Well, that's just wins, though. Yeah, sixteen the, wins. Who knows what the actual number? So yeah, is. it could be twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> it could be thirty-five. <laughs> well, let's hope. It's at least more than seven. That's all I have. Oh, for. yes. At least longer than seven. At least let us get a playoff beard in. Let it grow in first. Before you decide to force us to shave it, let it at least come in. Give us three weeks. Three weeks. That's all we ask for. G- give Mitch a chance. <laughs> give Mitch a chance. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's... Like at this point in the season, like it's hard to really, you know, feel super optimistic because, you know, we're not really super solidified in our position, even though we're in the playoffs, we don't know who we're going to be facing and they all seem like bad options. And it's kind of the one good thing coming from going to the playoffs right now is uh, seems that no matter what our option is, we're kind of being viewed as the underdogs. And I think, we do better as underdogs than with expectations. Yeah, but if we're playing Boston, there's expectations anyways. Oh, if we're playing Boston, then we have some demons to fight. And we have some unfinished business to resolve. Well, will we pull on Ovechkin and defeat the demons and go on to win? Maybe that's what you need, right? Is to exercise your demons. <laughs> and let me just hope to the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions lose in the first round. I mean, in this division, it's fucking possible. But then we face Florida, and after last night, I'm a little scared of them, even though we won. We're really good. Really good. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're here, and we're going to continue to say forever, go Leafs, go.